seen Minions? Originally from Despicable Me, and now they have their own movies. My kids, love my kids love. So they're not the original Minions. The original Minions called Minions are in this movie. Do they look yellow? And- no, they look horrifying. They're like little <laughs> monster devils that are like the size of Smurfs, mm. and they're absolutely horrifying. I want one. Yeah. This, is, this is what I want. That's okay. the item yeah. I want. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said best of the best? That is why I said that was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to, uh, find their link on our website and check them out. Verde media. Today's episode, the eighties collector part three horror edition. In part one, we started building the world's greatest eighties movie memorabilia collection. In part two, with the help of celebrity chef Graham Elliott, we added some rad items like the Glaive from Kroll, the Whopper computer from War Games, and the RN from The NeverEnding Story. Today, in part three, we're building out the museum to include our favorite keepsakes from 80s horror films. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the white-painted Shatner mask to my Halloween nightmare, Max Sanders. And with that, let's build our collection. If you do one Hellraiser thing in that's the, the first one i'm no doing way. first Seriously, one on my no. list coming out the gate strong i watched it this week you did no <laughs> <laughs> i was so excited i wouldn't be here i'd be cowering in a corner you shaking. know you, you know the algorithm on instagram mm. is such that it's hit or miss whether or not we get people to like posts so the 2000 likes that it would have required to get you to watch hellraiser we had tons of our friends of the show hopping on there saying you're going down max and it was like 300 i was so, like damn it i didn't mean to tell i wanted to tell you this you put writing on it and writing doesn't get in the algorithm the same way oh, but i didn't tell you, you. yeah <laughs> i was like good you're a coward. Good. I'll find a way to get you to watch it. I will watch it sometime in the next two months. Max, welcome to the scary show. I'm a little frightened. 
This is the least scary of all of the Halloween what? ones we're doing. This is just stuff we're putting in our museum. But I had to watch all these scary movies. You did. I watched ones you haven't seen. I know. You have watched a few I haven't seen. Uh, so today we are going to pick up where we left off with season... Season? <laughs> season two? <laughs> season two. Episode Do we have seasons? Six. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Tis the season, some would say. <laughs> Max, welcome to the show. Hi. Today we are going to add to our collection... My favorite episode. Uh, we, we This is a lot of fun. So if we had a museum and we were putting 80s memorabilia from 80s movies in it... What will we put in there from the horror movie collection? Yeah, our Smithsonian. You got it. Other than jumping right into it, reminder, go to our TikTok page, check out our Buzz in the Tower flybys, comment or like them or share them, and you're entered to win a $50 gift card from our sponsor, 80stees.com. And again- You're wearing a shirt right now. I am wearing my Empire Star Wars. Strikes Empire Strikes Back. Thank you. Because you got Boba on there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Aha. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, correct. So make sure that you check out our Instagram, our TikTok. We'll plug all that stuff later. Yeah. Our TikTok is getting all us now. Yeah. Like, you, you really upped your game. You went from cruise control to, <laughs> to second gear. I'm very proud of you. Third gear coming soon. God, I can't wait until football season's over so the bar that we don't speak of is no longer as much of a play in what's going on with you. Because you're, you're mailing it in. You're giving me 10% effort. What? At least 12, 13%. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, Max, let's get to our collection. Uh, so we didn't have any rules on this one, but I will say one thing that I'm going to do when I announce my first two items, I really tried to avoid talking about movies that I spoke to specifically on the last episode, but there are two that I couldn't avoid. Yeah. Well, I succeeded. You tried. No, oh, thank you. So I'll start with my, <laughs> I'll start with those two, but then the rest are new, new to the show, new that we haven't spoken yeah, about. Fresh. Yeah. So Max, why don't you start? Cause uh, that's what you I do like every I single week. Why do you like when I start? I've explained this to you a hundred times. Yeah. You want me to do it again? No. When you start. The bar is low, and it's easier for me to step over it. Oh, by the way, I went to Whose Line It Is It Anyways live this oh, week. Oh, really? Yeah. And guess who's who? still on the show? So it's Ryan Stiles, uh-huh. uh, the guy with the glasses, Greg something, yeah, yeah. some random guy who can sing well. And the fourth guy was Joel Murray. It was Bill Murray's brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That That's was like, wild. It was awesome. And so I was, did you try to connect with them I and did. be like, can I, we talk I, about I, one I, crazy summer? I tried to raise my hand a bunch. I was in the second <laughs> row. Joel Murray, if you're listening, we'd love to talk oh one my. crazy summer. Yeah. And well, also, wait, there's another movie he's in in the 80s. It's really Caddyshack. Yeah. He's in Caddyshack. My girlfriend thought Ryan Styles looked more like. Wait, 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 wait. What is he playing Caddyshack? Maybe he's not. I'm thinking his other brother. His other brother there's is like the, eight of them, right? Yeah. yeah. Joel, God, I'm sitting here agreeing with you. I don't even know. <laughs> it's the other gruff one who does yeah. like this. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, something you need to watch. It's unrelated to any of this, but um, he was interviewed in it. I think it's Netflix or Hulu did this documentary on Chris Farley. Have you heard about this? Oh, no. I'm you got to watch it. It's really good. Don't, God, you're so emotional. What? Farley's awesome. We're wasting a lot of time. Can we talk about the collection? Yes. You're up first. Okay. I was, because, I was stalling. Yeah, you are stalling. Because I have to explain movies this time. I know. Well, you, the first one I don't think you've seen. You ever seen a little flick called Evil Dead 2? Oh, I love Evil Dead. Bruce yeah. Campbell? Yeah. Well, this is the second one. This is a better one. Sam Raimi? Raimi? <laughs> Raimi. Raimi. So he went to my rival high school. Yeah. Groves, in, uh, Groves High School. Yep. In uh, Michigan. Yeah. In, in Michigan. <laughs> I don't know. People don't know. Man, you're, what are, what are you're, you're killing it. You're killing it. You're all nervous about to explain the movie. You're like, in Michigan. Well, yes. someone was listening to us for the first time? So my father-in-law went to Groves and, you know, Austin, who does our amazing YouTube videos. Check them out. Uh, we, I know he reached out to friends, to mutual friends to try to like connect them, but it never panned out. But he is a, a Groves Falcon through and through. 
What are you? A maple. Oh, I'm a maple baby. Oh, that's boring. That is a You're little a tree. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Not a tree, a leaf. <laughs> okay. When I went to Tufts, we were the jumbos. Yeah. Those elephants. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. super weird. It's really bad. Max, anyway, go. Evil okay. Dead 2. So you would think I'd go to the chainsaw because it's cool. Yeah. You know, he, he puts it on groovy. That's that, that, line. that line is amazing. Oh, my God. All of his lines are amazing. Bruce Campbell, underrated gem, right? I don't think he's underrated. I think everybody kind of digs him and loves him. But they think he's hammy. I think he, he like actually puts in a tour de force performance in this. Do you know the biggest Buzz in the Tower Easter egg slash mistake that has ever made is in the intro when we're, yeah. we're when I go Klaatu Barata and everybody's like oh that's awesome I'm like Army of Darkness didn't come out until 90s but that's all right it happened like six months in so I know I know out. someone did call us out I was like yeah it's an Easter egg anytime I get really burned on something I'm like Easter egg it's an Easter egg but I'm going Ash Williams dismembered hand Remember that? Remember that scene? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. He takes the shotgun to it when he gives him the finger, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if you haven't seen the movie, lone survivor of an onslaught of spirits holds up in a cabin with strangers while demons attack. It's kind of zombie-ish, kind of supernatural. It's really weird. It's funky because the first movie, they didn't get the rights to the first movie, so they had to kind of restart the movie with different characters. So, the, I mean, the first time you see it, it's confusing for the first 12 minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're doing a good job. You're doing you're doing great work today. Okay. Well, first of all, Stephen King was such a fan of Evil Dead, he convinced Dino De Laurentiis to produce the rights for this one. Oh, that, right. yeah. I didn't, that makes sense. This the, Stephen King's got a hell of a sense of humor. Yeah. Like you just don't see it in it's all more, of his dark stuff, but yeah. like some of it you get that, you know. Oh, when the hand is like kind of like attacking his face and he's grabbing it like yeah, that. Yeah. Like we all do that as a kid. Yeah. Or when he's slamming the plates on his own head. Yeah. And I love the sound that the hand makes kind of that like kind of like that gremlins critters. You know, kind oh, of when it was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no, it didn't do that. Didn't, I'm kidding. It just feels like kind of like liar, liar. You know what I mean? It's like Jim Carrey just camping around. The claw. Like, yeah, the pen is blue. <laughs> oh, I two totally different parts. Yeah. Great call on the pen is blue. Yeah, the I was claw thinking, and, yeah. and remember when, oh God. Carrie Ellis. Yeah, and he's like, no oh, the I'm claw. the claw. Look at, <laughs> I literally was about to say, you know, Princess Bride, Robin Hood, Ben and Tights. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, but. Such a creepy movie. Dude, I totally forgot. He was in Liar Liar too. He's great. Until that moment. I'd love to get him on the show. He was in Saw too. Why can't you get him on the show? I'll try. God. Yeah. He's like a Murray brother and (laughs) sorry. Continue. Continue. Just a creepy hand. It's fun. I love how it scurries and all that. And when he shoots it, all the blood explodes. Sure, sure. Yeah. So the sounds of the evil traveling through the forest. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds from Sam Raimi's voice and audio samples of Orson Welles, making this technically the last film Orson Welles ever appeared in. Oh, yeah. All right. There you go. Not not uh, Transformers, the movie. (laughs) You got the touch. (laughs) You got the power. I love one of my favorite moments on the show was when I told you that. And you're like, wait, that's not from Boogie Nights. I was like, no, that's from Transformers, the movie, Max. Yeah. Boogie Nights rules. It does rule. All right. That means I'm up. It's your dojo. I am uh, really excited. My first film to talk about is... uh, uh, a romantic comedy called Hellraiser. No. All right. I'm not going to go too deep into this because if you want to creeped out by your description, because it's the best Hellraiser 1987. So you enjoy watching this movie. I love this. I've all of them. This, the, the second one is considered to be one of the goriest horror films ever made. How many is the second or the third? There's like 20 of them. Oh, there's no. like a Hellraiser in space. Like when Jason went to space, whatever, <laughs> uh, Clyde Barker directed by him, 1987, a woman discovers a newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law who she had had an affair with prior to all this happening. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so that he can escape the demon beings that are pursuing him after he escaped their sadistic underworld. I hate this movie so much. In a world where hooks rip your flesh (laughs) from your skin. Uh, Max, there is 
on my list of things I want for the museum, I, you can't have a list without the box. I want the box. You want the box? What's in the box? <laughs> oh, God. I, 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 I want the box. <laughs> Give me the box. I thought you were going to go with the pins and the pinhead. Nope. I want the box. Some interesting light reading that I did on the box, like up, up late last night, just doing a little studying. The box, known in some circles, is the marching boxes. We're one. <laughs> so this is a real thing? I don't know. Maybe. We're each one of a kind creations which were also puzzles with the answer to one's ultimate heart's desire as their solution. That's from just reading directly from Tucker's Encyclopedia of Mass Murders. If, if you ever want to light reading. I it, don't. Right? Uh, <laughs> so it's a fictional lock puzzle or a puzzle box, and it's created by the fictional antagonist Philippe Le Marchand, an 18th century French architect, artisan, and designer of some infamy. Are you loving this so far? That's a real person? Sure. I get all this information from different corners of the web. I'm, so, I'm confused. Like, are these puzzle boxes in reality? Like, I have like one a, for you. This is all Hellraiser is based on a true story. No, I'm saying like yeah, the yeah. cryptograph and the Da Vinci no, Code. Don't worry, dude. It's all real. It's all real. Stop it. So Barker explained, this is the director explained that his grandfather was a cook on a ship and he had brought back a puzzle box from the Far East. What I was reading you before is just fan fiction, by the way. Okay. <laughs> you good. can stop being scared. This is him speaking. When I went back to the problem of how to open the doors of hell, the idea of using a puzzle box seemed interesting to me. You know, the image of a cube is everywhere in the world, whether it's the Rubik's Cube or the idea of the Tesseract and the Avengers. I have a Rubik's Cube tattooed on me. There you go. Yeah. Not the box from hell. <laughs> I, this box is, I mean, I don't know if you Boxes could actually, I don't know if you could actually, I, I don't know if you could actually get one that moves like this and like opens up sure and then slides back down. I, that's what I want. And I want the actual Hellraiser box. I got it. So I Christmas. can summon the uh, Senonites or whatever they're called. Centipedes? So the, the things that scare you so that you can't sleep. The fat night. one freaks me out. They all should freak you out. Yeah. Well, you need to watch one. these movies. Well, the throat slit. Your, your description, I can almost say verbatim because yeah. I'm so freaked out. Okay. By so like I said, my first couple were ones I did last week. So I'll get them out of the way. That's yeah. one. The box. I'm glad we're done with that. Yeah. Is anything scarier on your list than that? Mm, maybe. <laughs> All right, you're up. What do you got? What's the one movie, if we could talk about, that's not from the 80s, we talk about? Point Break. Yeah. Who's the director? Uh, Bigelow. Catherine Deuce Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Neil Bigelow. No, it's Catherine not. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Ron Bigelow. not in this movie. I went vampire movie. You can do it! <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I went for her directing debut, Near Dark. Nice. Yeah. I like Near Dark. Vampires. Yeah. Although they don't say the word vampire in this entire movie. Really? Isn't that weird? I have to think about that. So it's like a small town farmer's son reluctantly joins a group of traveling vampires after he's bitten by a beautiful drifter. And it's kind of southern Texas, Oklahoma. It's kind of like Lost Boys, but 40% sexier, more violent. You can't weird. be sexier than the Lost Boys, just so we're clear. And I like there's no garlic. There's no crosses. It's just that when they're in the sun, they kind of start to smoke and, you know, eventually just pop. Right. Yeah. So. I went with one of our boys, Bill Paxton's character, Severin. Game over, man. <laughs> He's This might be my favorite role of his. Him I don't know, man. Him playing Severin. So B Big Love, HBO. Did you ever watch that? No, I didn't. That might be my favorite role. Frailty, he's really good, too, as yeah, a yeah. dad. You don't know that movie, do no, you? No, no, no. I don't. No, sir. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> but Severin is this just butt-kicking, unapologetic, evil vampire who just loves killing people. Mm -hmm. He's got this leather jacket. It's the coolest leather jacket on the face of the earth. It has a story to it. Like there's duct tape patches. I stopped and freeze framed and like focused in. There's two little cattle skulls, like silver ones on the sides. And then there's all these kind of buttons and stuff on it. And you're not sure what they are. They're police badges, sheriff badges, ambulance badges, firefighter badges, like uh, biker gang, you know, like logos and all. Clearly he killed all these people sure. and just put them on. There you go. Yeah. And it looks like. It's like a college football helmet with the little stickers exactly. on it. Exactly. Yeah. It's so cool. And. <laughs> There's this one scene when they go into a bar and they just kind of like 
mess with people. He kills someone with a freaking spur. I mean, they're just there's blood everywhere on his shirt. Yeah, I want the blood on the jacket too. Sure, yeah, sure. so it's just you love leather. Yeah, Bender's glove. <laughs> I'm a leather daddy. Oh man. Oh Jesus. What? Nothing. Nothing. It's Entertainment Weekly's 21st scary movie of all time. Really? Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know Entertainment Weekly's list. I love when you, you randomly are like, be like, it's the Hitcher of the 19th. Yeah, yeah you do all, yeah. all the time. You pull these like random rankings out. And also, he's the most epic death of all time. He gets hit by an 18 wheeler and he's on the front of it and he tries to pull the brakes out and the whole freaking 18 wheeler explodes. And it, it's clear that's how Catherine Bigelow learned how to do explosions. Yeah. Well, and married to James Cameron. Yeah, and <laughs> she created the best movie ever made. Yeah. That we can't talk about. Uh, all right, that goes to me. It is An American Werewolf in London, John Landis. And you know that this is one of my favorite horror films of all time. You bring this up all the time. I do because I really like it a lot. Uh, I'm going to watch it. I still can't believe you haven't. But the reason that in particular that I'm bringing it up is you know that my favorite bar of all time, The Slaughtered Lamb. Our bar. Let me back up. Yeah. Let me back up. So I apologize. You're going to have to listen to me repeat myself as I did do the plot last week. But two you American colleges. I, I know I do. Two American college students are on a walking tour of Britain and are attacked by a werewolf. Pretty simple, right? Werewolf. Wolf. wolf. There it is. I said wolf. You love saying walking tour, too. Uh, <laughs> Do you take a lot of walking tours? Easy now. <laughs> One is killed. The other is mauled. The werewolf. There it is. Is killed but reverts to its human form, and the local townspeople are unwilling to acknowledge its existence. The surviving student begins to have nightmares of hunting on four feet at first but then finds out that his friend and other recent victim appear to him, demanding that he commit suicide to release them from their curse, being trapped between two worlds because of their unnatural deaths. That's heavy. Yeah. So what it's do you no Hellraiser. <laughs> I want the actual wood sign that's outside of the slaughtered lamb that says the slaughtered lamb. That's appropriate for which, you. Which, by the way... I may go get a replica of and might make its way to my basement, which I'm finishing right now. Oh, no way. Your man can It would mildly terrify my children, but I think it's worth it. Show them the movie. Yeah, I know, right? When's the age? Oh, for 15. Okay. At least 15. I mean, I'm being generous. I would say maybe even older than 15. Is it so, a cool sign? What? Is it a cool sign? It's very, it's, it's wood. It's got that like painted look. Small with town. With like the, yeah, it's very cool. So the exterior of the slaughtered lamb was actually a private house in Crickerdarn, uh, which was dressed up to look like a pub. The interior of the slaughtered lamb was filmed in a pub called the black swan, which is also kind of cool. That's a cool name, which is, was close to Effingham, which is actually a place I wasn't replacing F for like the <laughs> F word. It's actually Effingham. Um, the bar was used, but a false wall was built to make the pub look smaller. And the black swan was refurbished and extended to become the gastro pub in 2006. In case you and I ever want to go on a pub tour, this is be a place we would go to. Oh, absolutely. There's an actual pub in Greenwich village, New York that exists that is called the slaughtered lamb. No way. But the next time you go to visit your sister in New York, you have to go check this out. Yeah. Like promise me. I swear. Take your nephew to yeah. the slaughtered lamb. No, that'd be great. <laughs> That pub provides entertainment and atmosphere inspired by the movie, including the darts that they're throwing, oh, like no everything. Like, yeah. it was like an homage. Oh, like yeah. That. yeah. 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 So it's very cool. Um, there's also another pub in Farrington, London that has the same name. So these are my pub facts for you. But yeah, I want that sign. That's a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. All right. No, no. It's a, it's original because I thought you were going to go with some kind of werewolf problem. No, no, no. Like I want the sign. I want or that like, sign. Yeah. Yeah, or his yeah. hand, like when it's all like, long. See, like, there's a, like, for me, some of these, when we did the previous collector episodes, I, I don't like the idea of just putting stuff and having it sit in a museum unless it's like decor. Like, I could see that sign being kind of like a cool in the bar area of my basement. That'd it's be an breathable. awesome. Yeah. It, it's out in the you world. It. Yeah. It. It's yeah. part of you. Not like when you, didn't you want like, Jeff Goldblum's chest hair or something. I want Tom Selleck's mustache. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kicking it back to you, Max. By the way, I heard to do a Jeff Goldblum impression, 
you basically you agree with something and then you switch it. You're like hot dogs. I love turkey hot dogs. I love regular hot dogs, sausage. Actually, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> like you literally, you just go back and forth. You feel free to do this whenever you want. I like this. <laughs> Isn't that good? It's really good. Yeah. He's, I don't, he's the only guy who can do that. He's super weird. <laughs> so Mo, you have the right to remain silent forever. I went weird. <laughs> you like, you do enjoy weird. I don't know how I found this movie, but Bruce Campbell's in it too. So that's that got a Bruce Campbell thing. It made me feel safe. And one of our friends from Tango and Cash is in it too. Oh, uh, you maniac cop, the, yeah. the jaw guy. Yeah. Uh, that's all. So I haven't seen maniac cop, but I know that that guy from Tango and Cash, uh, what is, what does he say in Tango and Cash? It was when he came in there and he's like, uh, you broke my jaw. And I, I think it was Kurt Russell's like, you broke his jaw or, or it could be the other way around. But yeah. What, what's the guy's name? Robert Zadar. Yes. I am aware he's in maniac cop. No, yeah. I've not seen maniac RIP, cop. RIP by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's oh, I know. That's a bummer. That's he's six bummer. two. He Huge dude. Do you know who's a keyboardist for the Chicago-based rock band Nova Express who opened for Jefferson Airplane and The Who? Can I ask you a question? Why would you know that? When you said, did you know this? In, in, what, in what world do you think I would know that? You have obscure information. About a movie I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> he was also a Chippendales dancer. I, I did know that. <laughs> did you know that? No, Max, I did not know that <laughs> And either. a cop in real life. Okay. But anyways, for the 99.9% of people who haven't seen this before, because this only made a million dollars in 1988. Sure. I thought it had two sequels, too. Actually, this is a pretty popular cult movie. People are, people talk about this movie often. Yeah. It, it was really fun. Yeah. So a killer is dressed like a police officer, and he's just killing innocent people on the streets of New York City. You're not sure why. And turns out, spoiler alert, the killer was a hero cop who went to jail for getting the mafia in trouble, who was connected to the government. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really bad at explaining. You are. Things. You are really bad at explaining. things. <laughs> you're but go ahead. On an island, no, you're good. You're good. Sorry. I'm sorry. But they almost kill him. The coroner feels bad. Leaves, lets him out. But he's insane at this point and just sure. starts killing people. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, basic story. So I want his ceremonial full dress uniform, white gloves. <laughs> So the whole so movie, weird. I'm telling you, so the whole movie, you don't see his face for yeah. like 75% of it. Yeah, so he's yeah. like leading traffic or he's picking people up and choking oh, them. Oh, so you're only seeing that. Only the you. hands. Yeah. yeah. And he's like choking someone's cement, like he's pushing their head down. And he's got these huge meat hooks He's a hands. big dude. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah, but big hands too. Yeah. Not always the case. <laughs> It's important. If they were, if he had little, uh, remember those Burton commercials? Like, I have tiny hands. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if that was it, I wouldn't have picked it. So I want to put these on and actually, no, I don't want to fantasize. Can you, can you let now. me know when you're done, please? <laughs> so we can move on to the next one. You uh, are. Sam, Sam Ramis is in this movie as a parade reporter. Awesome. And Richard Roundtree, Shaft, there is the go. commissioner. All right. And Bruce Campbell said this movie was garbage, but he needed work. Yeah. Anything else, Max? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's it. All right, good. Maniac cop, the gloves. I like it <laughs> for 500, Alex. All right. This next one is not a movie that I've ever talked about, but I brought this movie up with you briefly and I couldn't remember what it was called. And I made some comments to you like to the effect of Max, do you remember ever seeing a horror film where a bunch of kids unlock a gate to hell and you the were gate. like, and you were like the gate. And I was yeah. like, yeah, the, I was like, no, no, no. They have to go 80 miles an hour. Every episode, every episode I do this, yeah. Yeah, the speed. No, 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 not speed. So I went with the gate. Have you seen the gate? I don't think you have. No. Okay. So wild movie, wild, wild movie. Two young boys accidentally release a horde of nasty pint sized demons from a hole in a suburban backyard. What follows is a classic battle between good and evil as the two kids struggle to overcome a nightmarish hell that literally begins to take over the earth. This movie is so unique and it's worth watching. I've watched it a hundred years ago, but I just rewatched it as well. It's really unique because we talked last week about how anything with kids in it is terrifying. Always. Totally corn for but we but we mentioned it's terrifying when the kids are like the evil characters. Stoic. In horror films, if the lead characters are children, 
typically they numb down the over the top violence and gruesome nature of it. Mm. So most of your Kruger, most of your teenagers. Jason, yeah, they're teenagers, yeah. not not adolescent or, yeah. or whatever the term is, tween tweeners. <laughs> this movie was different. This movie was like dark. This movie was like violent, and there's gory. Yeah, very gory. And in particular, there are. So, have you ever seen Minions? Like those little, yeah. like the little Minions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, originally from Despicable Me, and now they have their own movies. My kids, love my kids love. So they're not the original Minions. The original Minions called Minions are in this movie. Do they look yellow? And- no, they look horrifying. They're like little <laughs> monster devils that are like the size of Smurfs, mm. and they're absolutely horrifying. I want one. Yeah. This, is, this is what I want. That's okay. the item yeah. I want. And on a critters to gremlin scale, where are they? Beyond. Very different. It's not like they're not like furry little animals. Um, and the way that they're shot and filmed, and this goes back to practical effects and CGI and how much I love the way these movies were done. If you look up the photos of how they did this, the creature creator built these sets in these rooms that were six times the size of a normal one. No way. And and so these things like a, a, a monster falls to the ground and breaks into like 15. Of these. It's very Army of Darkness, Bruce Campbell, when like all when he turns into all the little mini versions of himself oh, and they yeah, attack yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. So like in this movie, same concept, except they're like horrific looking devil monsters. Nothing cute about them. Nothing cute about them. But it's, it's like 15 guys wearing full size costumes getting <laughs> shot in that way and then kind of put into the scenes they need to be into. But it is wild, right? So special effects designer and supervisor Randall William Cook designed the minions. Let me tell you what else he worked on. He either was in charge of or assisted with the visual effects for The Thing, Ghostbusters, Fright Night, Poltergeist 2, and eventually made his way to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Wow. So he's had quite the career, right? I know. Does uh, it hold up? Yeah. I mean, it definitely. I mean, visually. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's like, it's fun to watch, but again, it's very much, you can tell that it's not like a part of what's going on, but it's also not CGI. So it's cool. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch. They're little terrifying monsters. They did things like mix and matching the claws and the feet so that it weren't like exact duplicates of each other. I think they're 15 in total. The movie's terrifying. Do you want a specific one? No, I take any of them. Any of the minions. I want you, a minion. You didn't name one of them? No. Nope. Like Grumpy or something like that? Uh, no, they're not dwarfs, which are seven. <laughs> they're 15 minions. The gate's terrifying. It's funny, too, from an acting standpoint. <laughs> if you know who this is, I, I'll buy you lunch. Do you know who Steven Dorff is? The Blade evil guy? Oh, my God. How'd you know that? He, That's incredible. He dated Britney Spears in the early 2000s. Really? Yeah. Am I the only person that didn't know that? So he, he, he played. cigarettes commercials. He, okay, so he was. Okay. This is. My mind is blown. I owe you lunch. Woo. I had no idea. No clue. Yeah, he played Deacon Frost in Blade. Yeah. I had no clue that These that was the same guy. Food. Right. So he he was the boy in this movie. The lead boy. Was he good? In the game. He was great. Yeah. That's so wild. God. So he has one of those faces. You did, just impressed me. Did he look. I'm kind of sick to my stomach. You impressed me. Did he look exactly like he looks now? No, he's a little bit more round boy when he was a kid he had like the baby fat oh. it, it, he it's not like he you can tell it's him yeah. but it's not like i had when i, I took me going to imdb and then yeah. seeing in the minute i saw deacon frost i knew exactly who it was and now that you said the e-cigarette i totally remember he used to do the e-cigarette <laughs> yeah. commercials too unbelievable max you know what well done max Leave Brittany alone well done all right max i'm almost ready to kick it over to you but i think before we do that we need to stop for a quick break from our commercial sponsors i was about to do our favorite movie well then we'll do it right after well, your favorite movie one of, well that'd be interesting with goonies what do you is goonies a horror film all of a sudden Slot's face is pretty All right, let's just take a break. Let's let's have a, a quick note from our sponsors. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, sure. you're going to get arthritis. You're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. <laughs> Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. 
Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C-A-P-S-I-V-A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man and I need this kind of stuff. It works. It's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley and Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was, she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. Well, that was a spooky reminder of our spooky sponsors on the spooky episode in the spooky month of October. Using that word a lot, huh? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right, Max. It is uh, fall. It is. It is. It's fall. It's the season. Nice. All right. Ready? Do you have a sweater? You're up. I don't talk about my sweaters. Come on. You're up. What do you got? Okay. You're need, all excited about this. This better be one of my favorite movies. You just said it was. I need you to give me your hand. I'm not giving you my hand. Come on, trust me. I'm, I'm not giving you my hand. Trust me. I don't trust you at all, and I don't want to touch your hand. Ah, fine. But I was trying to reenact the scene from Aliens. Bishop's knife trick. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> was that bad? Did you, you know, know it's not. I, you know, we've had this debate before. It's inter- I'm, First of all, I'm very curious what item from Aliens you want to put in our museum I know Aliens is technically a horror film. It's one of the scariest monsters of all time. But is it is it a horror film or is it sci-fi first? Like, is the thing a horror film first or sci-fi first? It's a horror film. Is it? I'm not saying it's not a horror film, but which is it first? Horror. So Aliens is an action film first, horror film second? So Aliens, you could argue like 51%, 49% or flip it. It's close enough. All right. All right. That's all right. what it is. All right. Yeah. All right. As long as it's 50% of its DNA. It's do, you, do you really care as long as I let you do it? I mean, I can do other stuff. (laughs) You're a broken man. Give me aliens. What do you got? I want the Gerber Mark II combat knife from the Bishop's Knife Trick scene. Oh, that's why you wanted my hand. There you go. There you go. It's one of my top five favorite scenes of all time. It's one of your top two knives. The other is John Rambo, First (laughs) Blood. No, no, the Cobra knife. Oh, yeah. Cobra knife is freaky. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But you want the Rambo knife, too. Pigs! Oh, man, man, the Night Slasher freaks me out. I wanted to do Cobra on this episode. Could you, could you tell some people about the movie Aliens? Okay. Have never seen it, please? Fine. 57 years after surviving an alien attack, Officer Ripley awakes from hypersleep and tries to warn and help a group of Marines in battling the Xenomorphs on a space colony, Moon LV-426. Good old L-246, <laughs> Niner. I think I said it wrong. Continue. It's probably one of the best sequels ever, right? It's yeah, a standalone. God, I don't even... I, it's, it's just that and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so, like, Alien, the first Alien... If you made the argument with me that that is that a is pure horror, horror film, yeah. I would totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I would say, God, you might be right. I mean, I, what out there other than Empire Strikes Back and Aliens is uh, some people argue the Godfather 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back. That's no. great. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but you don't like the Godfather movies. No, they're boring and long. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Aliens Aliens is definitely my favorite of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so also, I mean, you talk about this being a horror movie. The, the synthetic robot people 
freaked me out. Yeah. Because the more you watch this movie, like that scene, when they're like, come on, do the thing. And he goes, Lance Hendrickson's like, oh, I please, I can't. You know what I mean? Like that freaks me out that that robot kind of has that emotion where you're not sure where the robot ends and where their people emotions or like real life thinking is. That freaks me out. Everything freaks you out. Yeah. <laughs> but the scene is the coolest thing ever. It is, so it it's is. like he get, he grabs a knife. He like does it a flip on his finger, flips it, and then puts Bill Paxton's hand underneath his own, which was Lance Hendrickson's idea. Bill Paxton didn't know that was going to happen. They sped it up, I assume, right? They did. Okay. So you can see in a wide shot, the Marines are moving way too fast, especially Sergeant Apone, who is laughing like at a like, hyperkinetic speed. That's not fascinating? <laughs> You, I can't give you validation whenever you need it. I, we, you know, we really got to start video tape. We got to start uh, videotaping our episodes. So that I'm going to, so that people can see your face when you give like a fact and you're like, please give me, give me my validation, Mo. Please give it to me. Just freaked out Bill Paxton. The knife is really cool. Yeah. I would definitely chop off one of my friend's fingers at one I, point. I, would not, I, I wouldn't even let you touch my hand when we we're doing a podcast, let alone with a knife near you. There's no way. And also Lance Hendrickson thought he finished the scenes and he's like, good, it's over. And he went out drinking hard and they're like, no, 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 we're going to do it again. And he cut Bill Paxton's pinky. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens, is there, the knife. Is there you go? Just your cutoff point for me? No, I mean, I, I just, sometimes you just, your eyes get so weird and buggy. That's during whore month. Whore month has been rough. You've been very emotional. <laughs> oh, and I also can't believe you didn't do the, I want the knife. <laughs> I don't like that movie that much. <gasps> it's okay. But I guess oh apparently this is this scene is an homage to a 1974 film, Dark Star, which was written by Dan O'Bannon, who also wrote Alien. Wow. There it is. Is that better? Yes. <laughs> I'm alarmed. That was, that was in my face. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, Mo. No problem, Max. Great work. Great work. Even when we're mean, we're nice on this show. I know. It's you just so see true. him afterwards. And I know when we're really, yeah. Well, you're kind of a bully to me. So um, my pick, <laughs> my next pick. I mentioned last time, I oh God, I don't remember. We, we do so much talking about movies, if I've mentioned this or not. We go rapid fire. I think we cover more movies per episode than anybody. Yeah, we, we just, do a lot. It's a lot. It's so fast. If I, people don't realize that we get, we, every once in a while, someone will be like, ah, you mispronounced their name. I'm no. like, you're lucky that we even make it through an episode with anything that's relevant. It's incredible. The John Candy one was impossible. Yeah, that was really <laughs> 18 tough. episodes in a week. Jesus, that was a lot. <laughs> I mean, movies. Yeah, I, see, that's what I'm saying. Well, like someone's someone like, oh, I maxed that episode. And you meant, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I went with uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. You go on the you go on the accent. Easy. Can I tell my own story? Sure. God bless America. <laughs> I forgot how much I like this movie. I think in the past I've made the comment that I'm not a huge fan of The Shining. Yeah, you were lukewarm, I thought. And I rewatched it. And I don't know if it's because we've been watching so many horror films, but I almost have like a better appreciation for it. It's so good. It's really, really good. Cinema wise, yeah, I hate the acting. Besides, really? besides Jack Nicholson. Oh, see, I totally disagree. The kid, I, the kid, I don't know. No, see, you always you hate all child actors. That's not every, true. It is every single the time. Kid from Jerry Maguire. The human head weighs eight pounds. I mean, that's like the softest <laughs> role ever. And you're like, oh, he's great. He's great. So <laughs> the kid from Jerry Maguire. So The Shining is about a family that heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrible things from the past and future. In a nutshell, that's what this is about. It's creepy. It's pretty wild, right? Uh, I mean, Jack Nicholson's amazing in this. Did he get an Oscar for this? No. Is that just at that time they weren't really giving nods to horror films? I mean, his performance. When are they ever giving nods to horror films? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I mean, his performance in this is second to none. Oh, watching the like behind the scenes stuff of him getting ready for the axe chopping yeah. scene. You're yeah. like, well, he, he's murdered someone in his I life. thought I thought Shelley Duvall was good in this. Plays, She's fantastic. Yeah, she plays Wendy Torrance. Uh, Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance. And their son is played by Danny Lloyd, who plays Danny. It's so funny. Danny and Jack get to keep their names, but whatever. That's 
neither here nor there. I just thought that was really <laughs> random when I was looking that at is, it. I guess. So the, the movie is about this. He, he was a teacher and he resigned from being a teacher and he got this opportunity. By the way, the idea of this movie, the concept of the movie is terrifying. Like three, three people it. being yeah. alone in a giant resort by yeah. themselves and snowed in during the winter. How did they not think that was not going to be a good idea? Yeah. So he gets this opportunity to basically watch this resort during the closed months because they have to turn the boiler on. They got to keep things moving and functionally working. So the three of them go out there and he's going to, he's a writer. He's, he was a teacher and he wants to be a writer. So he's going to write a book. There's elements of like that. He dislocated his son's shoulder. They had a drinking problem and all those things have gotten better. Not good stuff. And then you just see the, the mental deterioration of everyone in the family in particular, his son, who's got the shining, the shining is this, you know, the, the, the cook, I, he explains it so well. If, if the cook was Morgan Freeman, that's the only thing that would have made this movie better. That would mind, be sweet. Right. So I picked the Adler Tippa S typewriter. Oh, interesting. I thought having that typewriter, I, I just, you got to type all work and no play. Not just, not that I would type that, but I would type that. Give me the bat Marge. Just the, uh, yeah, Tony, <laughs> just just the sound that echoed sound of that old school typewriter being used. And then he like flips out at her. She interrupts him and she's like, how about this for a rule? You want to get nuts? Let's know. It's not Michael <laughs> Keaton. I'm sorry. But basically like if you, if you come in here and you hear me typing, don't interrupt me. And you can just hear the echo of the typing. And I just, I want the typewriter. Don't you think there would be bad juju though? Like you get on that and you just get the feeling. Yeah, but there's bad juju and everything. Do you think taking <laughs> some of our the Hellraiser box doesn't have bad juju in it, but that's not like influencing you. This like item influences. Like, you speak about the Hellraiser box as if you have seen the movie Hellraiser. Well, it's the guy. It's the brother-in-law that's doing it, not the box. I, what do you think the sequels are? They're all different people touching and using the box. So the box influences your behavior? Yeah, it's a pleasure box and pain box. What pleasure has anyone got out of this None. box? So what? Why do, you keep saying, why, do you, why do you keep saying pleasure? Some, some people that are into pain, that would be their pleasure. Into dying? Yeah. <laughs> I want the typewriter. I just want the typewriter, <laughs> okay, okay? I want to sit there with your show notes and I'm typing it and gla just glaring you're, at you. You're going to type every word you've ever known? Yes. America. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> just get a dictionary? Yes. It's so true. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so that, that's my pick. That's and a good one. Also, I'm just kind of glad I rewatched it. I really like this movie more than I initially thought. Yeah, I need to give it another try. You do. It's good. My friends are all obsessed with it. I'm like, meh. Well, you hated uh, Ready Player One, and now having rewatched it, a lot of the tips of the hats and Ready Player One, the movie, make more sense with The Shining that I didn't pick up on before because I hadn't seen it forever. It's so I love I love Ready Player One. All right, Max, back to you, my friend. We need a little bit of levity. This is my favorite pick, without a doubt. Is this your second to last? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> So I went a little obscure. I went the teal blue V-neck t-shirt and Hawaiian print shorts of the do-gooder in Freddy Krueger's negotiation oh at the pool God. party. A Nightmare you, on Street part two. You love this scene <laughs> so much. I, you know what? I'm going to calm myself down. And you, because you have to, anyone listening, maybe with the exception of like a couple diehard Nightmare on Elm Street fans have no idea what you're talking about. I, I am dying to hear you explain this scene. I, I will hop in with you on this one. You love this scene. So first off, the plot a teenage boy's dreams are haunted by freddy who's trying to possess him and kind of come out into the real world right and this is actually the only scene where freddy kills people in the real world like he's actually in reality it, it, it's it broke the the whore wall right the fourth the, wall, the, yeah seventh the, wall eighth wall yeah <laughs> so this movie's fun there's a lot of weird transformation stuff yeah and it's the only male lead for a freddy kind of uh 
Antagonist, protagonist, there we go. That sentence has so many things wrong in it. No, why? What do you <laughs> mean? Like, well, first of all, what you were trying to say, I think, is it's the only Nightmare on Elm Street where the main character is male. Yes. There you go. There it is. So let's just stick with that. So Freddy comes out of this pool party and there's 25, 30 <laughs> the way you're, The way you're explaining this, it sounds like he was hanging out at the pool party. Well, he like comes out of can the pool. Can I help a little bit? Sure. Just a little. I want you to do this, but I just want to get us there. The teens are having a pool party. Yes. <laughs> That's what Fred, they're doing. Freddie, who has been possessing this male protagonist, as you so eloquently pointed out earlier, has been hopping into his body yep. and killing as him. Yep. He goes to the pool party because the pool party is being hosted by the female interest in this really movie. Likes, yeah. Yes. While the party is going on, the parents, quote unquote, go to bed. And that's when the real partying starts. And then what happens with Freddie? So Freddy comes in and he's already slashed a party goer's face to shreds. He sets the pool on fire with people in it. Yes. <laughs> he's kind of Godzilla trashing tables. Yes. He's not a big guy, so yes. it's kind of hilarious. It's really random. The thing that's really unique about this for A Nightmare on Elm Street is that there's always this element of you're crazy, Max. What do you mean you're having dreams about Freddy Krueger? That's not real. No, he's there. So like the general public never believes that this is happening. It's the select group of two or three or four kids and one adult who are like, no, it's real. In this scene, it's like Freddy's in Times Square surrounded by people murdering left and right. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah like totally. A shark great. on top of a mountain. You're yes. like, what are you doing here? I don't know if it's a shark. On top of a mountain. <laughs> what? No, Same imagery. It's the, so Freddy's. I'm sorry. Shark on top of a yeah. mountain really got me. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So Freddy's already done all this awful stuff. Yet this mop top future frat boy walks up to him with his hands out and that kind of like negotiator kind of stance. You, you love this scene so much. <laughs> In this protective, help, helpful way, he goes, hey, just calm down, all right? Yeah, it's going to be all right. Nobody's going to hurt you. Nobody's going to hurt you? Like, yeah. who? What, what? Mind blown who wrote that. Yeah. Just tell us what you want, all right? I'm here to help you. And Freddy responds like that. He goes, help yourself, bleep, and then just slashes the kid yeah. across the tummy. Sure. Throws it. <laughs> I know you love the word tummy. I do. <laughs> And throws him into the fire. Yeah. And I don't know, just it makes me laugh every single so time. So you want his outfit yeah. that he was wearing. I want to reenact this with you. <laughs> just calm down. Everything's going to be fine. You know what the funny thing is, is that to your point, if I was at a pool party and you'd be the negotiator, I would run so fast. He electrified the fence, man. I would, I would run out. through the electrified fence. I mean, it was like magically cartoon electric. style. Yeah. Like you would see like the wily coyote, like imprint of me leaving. <laughs> Also, the dude that played this part, Brian Wimmer, also had bit parts and Footloose and Less Than Zero. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's my closer. You're so right. When I'm ready for you to move on, I'm like, well, there you go. Oh, wait. The director, Jack Shoulder. Or were <laughs> Thank you, silence. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Jack Shoulder couldn't direct the pool house scene without cracking up, so the second director had to direct the scene. Oh, my God. Because he was funny. laughing too hard. That's really funny. <laughs> that's very, very funny. And the school in the movie is from The Karate Kid, too. Oh. Yeah. Well, there you go. A little connection. Karate Kid. Two T O O. No, no, the good one. Okay. Whoa. Easy. I haven't seen the second one. All right. Well, that means it's my turn. Let's do it, Clary. My second to last one. She a big fat person. <laughs> oh, Max. All right. It's time for me to do my second to last one, which is the original, often imitated, never duplicated. You like that? You say that a lot. I did say that twice. The second time. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth, nineteen eighty. So you want the lake. Yeah, I want the whole <laughs> lake. In your back. Give me the entire lake. 
Um, there's a Netflix show. I think it's called the movies that made us or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you and I talked Back about to the it. future Ghostbusters. They did. Hard. They did one on Friday the 13th. Their new no season way. is out. Yeah. When did it come out? Um, not too long ago. And I just watched the Friday the 13th one. I'm going to get on that. Yeah. I don't want to butcher all the facts cause I wasn't like taking notes on it. I was actually just kind of casually watching. <laughs> oh, wah, wah. <laughs> so this was directed by Sean Cunningham. They interview him a lot and they interview the writer and they interview a bunch of people. The story about how this movie got made is pretty fascinating. It's worth watching. Let me first tell those people who have not seen it, what it's about. And then I'll give you some of these fun facts and I'll tell you the item that I want for the museum. Teasing. In 1957, a young boy named Jason drowns in a lake near Camp Crystal Lake. The next year, two counselors are murdered. In 1980, a descendant of the original owners reopens Camp Crystal Lake with some counselor's help. The counselors get killed one by one by a mysterious person. Could it be Jason out for revenge? Who Possibly. Knows? Who knows? <laughs> so you picked this as your plot twist on the last episode, but I picked this for different reasons. But going back to the how this got made, this Sean Cunningham guy, prior to doing this movie worked with another guy named Wes Craven and uh-huh. they didn't do a horror film. In fact, Wes Craven's interviewed on the show that I'm talking about and he had no intention of ever writing horror films. Like it wasn't even going to be his thing. He had no interest in it. Cunningham did some movie called like the house next over or something. I don't know. He did a string of really crappy movies. Like do, have you ever seen the bad news bears? No, but I know of it. Yeah. He did like, a ripoff version of the Bad News Bears. Okay. They did like a ripoff soccer version of the Bad News Bears. I'd watch that. He did some like adult film, but it wasn't an adult film, but it was like borderline an adult film, sure. but it got like he made money from it. So anyways, Halloween hits in 79 or 78, 78, 78. makes a fortune. So he literally was like, we're going to go do this right now. Yeah, let's cash in and do this right now. I think he went to his writer and was like, let's do this right now. And I think the writer went and saw Halloween and was like, oh, I got it. So here's what you do. You have rule number one. I mean, this show breaks down his thought process. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's like rule number one. You have to have like one kill every other kill. And it's you like have to have, yeah, it like, yeah. And so that element of it is very similar. Like it took the best tricks of Halloween. But what they did different in Friday the 13th is the guy that they had doing all the special effects and the and like the goriness of it way more gory than Halloween like a lot more like arrow through Kevin Bacon's head through his neck yeah Yeah. like but anyway yeah the snake so that actually perfect ties into what I was going to talk to you about my item is the machete I thought you were going to be like a snake. Not the snake. So, yes, you are correct. The snake is chopped in half, and then that same machete is the one that Alice, who is the only person who survives, Alice grabs the knife at the end, and we find out that it's Mrs. Voorhees that's doing all the killing, and she decapitates Mrs. Voorhees with that machete. I have not seen anywhere where it specifically says this is why Jason uses a machete. It is, it is my belief that this is why he uses the machete. I'm sure it's not the same machete, but I want that machete. The original one. Yeah. So we've got two knives in our collection. I like got it. a lot of knives. I didn't I do the golden child, the Gajanti dagger as you well? Did. Knives are cool. Yeah, got knives are cool. Yeah. Do you have uh, any at home or no? That's sorry? Not, do you have any at home besides? Any uh, knives? Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I'd hurt myself. You would hurt yourself. I need to frame them. I would, I would have gone with uh, Mrs. Voorhees kind of blue cable net sweater. It's a nice sweater. Hey, she you got. like clothes. You're kind of like a clothes, not clothing order. Yeah. I, I want the, I just want to walk around with the machete. <laughs> just naked. And people will be like, that's quite a big knife. I'm like that's not a knife. <laughs> you haven't picked that yet. Oh yeah. That's not a horror film. Crocodile Dundee's not a horror film. No, no. I meant like in our collector's episodes. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite knife all time? Oh, that's a good episode for 10 seconds. Maybe. I'd go to the potato peeler with Heath Ledger in Dark Knight. Oh yeah. Remember here's all the knives at the end. Can we do what's your favorite pencil of all time? Oh yeah. Well, that's that, that easy one too. All right. Uh, so that is my second to last pick. I'm going with a classic Friday the 13th, the machete. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And that takes us to your final pick. This movie's gross. I was absolutely disgusted, but I was laughing the whole time I yeah. saw this. This one kind of haunts me more than any other movie that I've seen. That's because you haven't seen Hellraiser yet. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. I went Reanimator. Oh, all right. So I've not. That's another one on my list that I've not seen yet, but I've heard great stuff about. Well, let me spin a yarn for you, please. So 1980- there's nothing like you walking me through the story of a movie. Hold on, let me settle in for what is no doubt going to be a Sit wonderful on Uncle Sanders' great. lap. <laughs> that's my horror film right there. <laughs> It's made in 1985. An odd medical student arrives on campus and a dedicated student becomes involved in bizarre experiments centering around reanimation of human corpses. Sounds very flatliner to me. It's very clear from the beginning. Whatever they're doing, they're just <laughs> zombifying these people <laughs> like into super strong yeah, runts. Yeah. So I'm going the giant syringe that Herbert West, the weird student, mm. injected the neon green reagent that can resurrect the dead. Okay. It's such a fun, weird movie. Our museum's turning into a medical hospital. It's like a machete, a knife, a syringe. It's based on an H.P. Lovecraft story, so you know it's going to be bizarre. Mm-hmm. Cost $900,000, made $2 million, and it's just horror comedy at its best. It starts off guns blazing, because Herbert's in Zurich, and he's being attacked by the reanimated body of his mentor, who, wait for it, their name is Hans Gruber. <laughs> Like for real? For real. So connect, that's wild. Connection point. Yeah, right. Reanimated for no. I mean, this Hans Gruber, his eyes pop out and explode. And so his head. totally different kind of Hans Gruber. Yeah, yeah but yeah. did they get the idea? Was the guy like Hans? Boogie. <laughs> it's a brilliant movie because it gives you everything you want. You have a hero med student in Dan Kane, his beautiful fiery girlfriend Megan, who's the dean's daughter, and they have to date in secret. And the dean gets killed by one of West and Kane's experiments. The dean. <laughs> I love that Simpsons. Yeah. I'll get you, Dean. So one of the experiments. By the way, the first reanimated corpse, it's your boy, Peter Kent, who's Arnold's stunt double for 14 films. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Terrifying. The Rush, he plays yeah. the in Predator. He's uh, the knock knock. Yeah, yeah, I know he 14 is. straight films. Yeah, yeah. And they have the creepiest supervillain of all time. It's this doctor who's kind of brushing off uh, Herbert's discovery. Like, you can't do this. You know, the brain dies after yeah, six yeah. minutes. It's Dr. Carl Hill, who's like a 50 or 60 something head doctor, and he wants to steal the formula. He wants to date Megan, and he's hyper creepy. Herbert kills him with a shovel, like takes his head off, but then reanimates his body and his head. I don't know why he reanimates the body. Like why make that, you know, why make sure give him something to connect to. Yeah, yeah. But the body's holding the head and like doing all this weird stuff and experiments and like lobotomizing other corpses so he can control them all. And it's gross. And there's a scene. This is the most unforgettable scene of this movie is I can't even talk about it, but the decapitated head. Tries to get romantic with Megan. That sounds terrible. <laughs> so sounds weird. absolutely terrible. It's a really gory movie. They use 24 gallons of blood, fake blood in this movie. It's a really gory, fun movie. And the serum, it's the first time glow stick juice was used on screen in a movie. Ooh. And I love glow sticks. You do. Predator. Yeah. Didn't they, that's what they used in Predator, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's 87, though. I'm just letting you know. It's a parody of Frankenstein. You don't get enough Frankenstein love. No, no. <laughs> All right. Oh, also the medical school that I talked about with Hans Gruber. Yeah. yeah. That's also used as Cyberdyne's headquarters in Terminator 2. Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) There you go. And there you go. Scene. Oh, man. And that takes us to the final one. Is this your favorite? It is my favorite. It's my favorite because, so let me back up. I say let me back up a lot. You do. I should get a little beep, beep. Beep. Do you remember when I was talking about Nightmare on Elm Street and I gave you that little fact about how the original person who's up for Freddy Krueger before Robert England was David Warner? And I mentioned how David Warner has all these incredible roles he's been in, but my favorite was he was the scientist in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Yeah, but I do remember that. I don't know how this didn't stick out immediately to me there is a movie that i've seen on vhs i've rented it before i've been on tv before i've seen it a hundred times before completely forgot about it It was in a blind spot for me and for some reason i went back and looked at david warner i can't remember what the reason was but i looked back and i saw one of his movies and i'm like 
Oh, oh, what this, is it? I'm, this is what's called a tease. I know. I'm, walk, I'm walking us up there. Have you ever heard of a movie called My Best Friend is a Vampire? Is that Nicolas Cage? No, that's no. Vampire's Kiss. No, this is not Nicolas Cage. No, Sounds this like is one, this been. is a this it's is this movie's ridiculous. So let's talk about this movie. After a romantic encounter with a beautiful client, a teenage delivery boy finds himself turned into a vampire. Nice. So I want to go. So this is like a classic story, teen angst, you know, I can never get the girl. And he delivers to this like gorgeous, mystic, gothic woman. And, you know, a little, little, this little that happens and he turns into a vampire. This movie is just, let's start at the beginning. It's directed by Jimmy Houston and written by, (laughs) written by Tab Murphy. Tab? Like the soda? Who also was one of the writers of Disney's Tarzan. That movie slaps. Yeah, it's a great movie. Phil Collins, what's up? Absolutely. So, Stars Robert Sean Leonard as Jeremy Capello. Do you know who? So do you know this is who that a B is? movie, right? It's a super B movie. Yeah. Do you know who Robert Sean Leonard is? No. Though? Have you? Do you ever watch House? No. So he's Doctor James Wilson on House. Do you ever watch The Good Doctor? He's he's been in a ton of like sitcoms. Like if you saw his face, you'd recognize ball guy? him. No. Oh. Evan. <laughs> Evan Mirren as Ralph. So his best friend, right? Obviously the name of this, my best friend is a vampire. Yep. So let me tell you who Evan Mirren is though. Cause this, this was a mind blower for me. You ever seen a movie called fight club? Yeah. Do you remember one of the guys in the fight club? His name was Steph and he was the one who's shaving the Mohawk into his head while they're all getting together. Like a monkey getting shot into space. Yeah. No, nope, that's the full that's the full shaving oh, of the no, head. No, no, the big tough guy then. It, it's he it's a very obscure he's gr- he's at the very at the very end of the movie, right after he shoots himself yeah. in the mouth, yeah. he's the guy who's like, You really need to go see someone. Oh, you and need medical got, attention. Yeah, sir. and he's yeah. got and he's got just the Mohawk, yeah. right? That's him. So he's in nothing basically other than this movie, and then shows up in this movie Fight Club, which nice. is wild to me. So the whole movie, he gets bit, he has no idea what's going on, and then there's like a guidance counselor. <laughs> Like a vampire guidance counselor. So this guy shows up, played by Renee. <laughs> I'm going to butcher this. Abba Honias. Sure. We'll call him Modoc because that's <laughs> his name in the movie is Modoc, who introduces him to like, it's not that bad being a vampire. You don't have to kill people. There's ways that we can deal with the thirst. They introduce him to this like local butcher that knows the vampires and like helps them out. Oh, that's cool. And and he lives on pig's blood. Like that's what they drink is pig's blood. Yeah. yeah. His love interest is uh, Darla, who's played by Cheryl Pollock. What's the conflict in this movie? The the conflict is you also have your classic Van Helsing character. Yep. Who's called, his name is Professor Leopold McCarthy, who's played by David Warner. That was my whole David Warner thing. He's in this movie. He's the Van Helsing character. So what do you want from this movie? <laughs> well, I'm getting there. Just a minute. <laughs> I just have to tell you about this movie because it's great. It's a fun watch. It's like, it's worth digging in and out. watching. You should check it out. Uh, here's what I want. I want, they have... <laughs> And all the different, he's got like a little mini fridge in his room. Hold on. You're, you're rushing me and there's parts I'm missing that are great. There's a song. Have you ever heard of a band? Have you ever heard of a band called Timbuk3? No. <laughs> Not Timbuk2. Timbuk3. Good name. They have a song called The Future So Bright I Gotta Wear Shades. Have you ever heard that oh, song? Oh, yeah. So that is like featured in this movie because he basically has to wear sunglasses all the time. Right. It's not the sunglasses I want. But I do want to talk about the song. I study <laughs> nuclear science. I love my classes. I got crazy teacher who wears dark glasses. You, you heard this, right? Yeah. Things are going great and they're only getting better. You're weird. I'm doing all right. You getting good grades. You in music. I do. That's not even what I'm talking about, though. Well, here's what I really want. When he gets all of his like butcher stuff, like his Modoc is basically you're gonna win Vampire of the Year. You're killing it. You're doing There's great. An award ceremony? They both ha- no. They both have a can and they like open it up like it's a beer. Yeah. But it's a can of it says can of pig blood. 
and the pig blood and they have pig blood light in the refrigerator and also regular pig blood. And then underneath it, it says be negative. I want, I want to drink the pig blood, but I, I want that can. I, it's got like half a pig on it. I, that's what I want. This is really weird. It's super weird. But I, this I, I was like a meat pick. Here's the thing. If his sunglasses were cool, I totally would have gone like, no, no, I love it. But I, I wanted the pig blood. Yeah. The more obscure, the better. I need you to watch this movie. Comic book guy. I can't believe I'm ending on this, but that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Worst episode ever. <laughs> Makes you happy. And that pig blood concludes my picks. <laughs> All right, Gary. So Max, it's that time for us to go to the spookiest part of our spooky episode. Yeah, that, no, that's Jaws. That's Jaws. That's, that's not, not in the, come on. Please stop that. You have to do it louder. I always have to boost it on the thing. <laughs> I don't even know. It. Okay. It's time for the buzz in the tower <laughs> fan spotlight. This week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is from our friend, Paul. The big guy. Find him on Instagram at tallness81. He makes me look small. He is six foot 30. <laughs> He's a monster. So uh, full disclosure, I was the minister at his wedding. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I was the minister at his brother's wedding. And Paul's older brother is one of my best friends. That is not why he is our fan spotlight. He's he really is funny. He is legit every single week. Sends a text message and he's like, Max is stupid. And then I forward, <laughs> I forward those to Max every week. He'll quote things from the show. He's a huge fan. Not into podcasts until we started ours, but like loves ours, listens to it religiously. For vampires, we turned yeah. him. And he is a little bit of a 80s movie ninja himself. He's pretty good. Yeah. So I am curious to see what he came up with. So why don't we kick it over to Paul and see what his uh, fan spotlight is. We asked him to identify what horror memorabilia item he would throw in his museum. So let's see what he had to say. Thanks for having me on Max and Mo. It's a real honor. It's the uh, first podcast I ever started listening to, and I haven't missed one show yet. When it comes to 80s horror memorabilia, it's really hard to just choose one, so I'm going to break the rules and choose two. Not going to go with Freddy's Glove. Not going to go with the Puzzle Cube from Hellraiser or the uh, Hockey Mask from Friday the 13th. Way too easy for you guys. Thinking I'm going to go with... uh, the pictures that Rudy takes of Patrick's sister in Monster Squad. I never got to see him. All I want to do is see him. And uh, I think I'm also going to go with the candy cotton ray gun in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Not going to use it. Maybe I'll use it. Still, either way, those are my picks. Thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, happy Halloween. Those are incredible killer clowns is my favorite the pictures from uh monster squad i'm i'm <laughs> giving i'm giving a, i'm giving a pass that he like dismissed the puzzle box he's like oh i'm not gonna per- i can't do his voice i sound like i sound buffalo like buffalo, buffalo bill, bill. If I, so he uh have you ever seen 300 yeah you know i watched it yesterday you know uh the the guy with the nose ring who's like xerxes yeah, yeah. like yeah the he god can, king he can do the best imitation we'll have to get him to do that and he's like, the same size he is He's oddly, they look identical. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Paul, you crushed it. We didn't pick yours. Uh, the selection is fantastic. The photos and the gun are are perfect. Killer Clowns rules. They do. Uh, now it is that time where we remind everyone, subscribe, rate, review, Instagram, TikTok, Google. Podcast mostly. Yeah, Google. Follow yeah, us. please. Google, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify. Apple Podcasts is the best. Apple Podcasts is the best. And Max, uh, can, I, can I do a very small tease? I do a really small tease or it will be a jinx. All right, careful. There's something big coming. Yeah. There's something big coming. I'll just say that nothing else, but there's something big coming next week. 
hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to talk about it. But there's something big coming. I want to say something. Uh, what else? How do you want to end? What do you got to close out? Nothing. <laughs> I'm also, no more Hellraiser stuff. Please, just watch Just watch the first one. If I watch it, can we do a whole episode on it? No, why would I want that? Yeah, why would you? That's a, you're, a, you're a shrewd negotiator. Immersion, immersion, immersion therapy? You're a real shrewd negotiator. $2,000. If I watch Hellraiser, if I watch Hellraiser 1, <laughs> can I watch Hellraiser 2, 3, and 4 as well? Yeah, you can, Max. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Goodbye, Mo. So you've got nothing. You will end on nothing. The Hellraiser thing was funny. All right, fine. What do I have? Uh... What's in the box? I did that already. That's seven, which is in the night. Happy Halloween. Trick or treat. Be safe. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, easy. Reese's Pieces. Yeah. Peanut butter cups. I, I mean, I named my daughter after a candy. Did you actually? No. Uh, I just like the name Reese. I'm a freak candy corn. Oh, God. Love candy corn. All right, corn. we can end on Goodbye. Mm, See you next week. Candy wax. Gross. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.